0: No. no, brutal. No, but I've
1: this got. <laughs> it's a fucking nightmare. Yeah, just, hit, it... just. There oh, yeah, we
2: are. <laughs> can you can you hear yourself? Uh, yeah. The voice the, the the voice you're hearing right now, ladies and gentlemen, is the Pitbull of comedy himself, Bobby Slayton. Are we on? Oh yeah, yeah we're, on. Okay, oh, we're on. on. Can you hear yourself well? Are you good? Do huh? you, you want more well, than I headphones? I can't
1: hear me, but as long as you can hear me, I do no, no, you're. Um, I can well, hear. You got to turn no. the headphones on. What's that? You got to turn the. I got to uh... turn the headphones on. Well, I show you, but
2: what... other side.
1: Such a retard. <laughs> oh, now, 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 oh, now I sound great.
2: Yeah, oh, okay. That, and and uh, the time. sound of Adam Ray's and my voice is thats this is about to be the last time you hear it because we're just going to say hi to Bobby. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> yeah Bobby's yeah, going to go. You
1: know, what, first of all, I want to say, you know, when somebody told me the other day, you know what it was? I was on Kevin and Bean and K Rock. you even hugged that
2: you, mic you, a little bit more. You were, you were calling you in, right? Yeah.
1: What you yeah, calling in? Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, we were. On, yeah, you were on the. You were in the studio before. Yeah, and, and and I came in right behind you. I think
1: right. And they said, "Have you ever done Adam and uh, Brad's radio show uh, the podcast?" And I said, mm-hmm. "No." They, oh, it's really great. And then I called you up, Brad, and I said, "God, I can't believe." He's never asked me to do the podcast, but you want to know something? There There's so many comics now. You know, you know. I did the same thing with Mark Maron. I did the same thing with Doug Benson. I did the same thing with all these guys. You know, oh yeah, you could come do my podcast anytime. Right. I don't think you guys need to call anybody. I shouldn't take it so personally because you must like there's like a million comics. There's a million podcasts. Yeah. And so there's no reason to. I thought they were calling me. Nobody ever calls me. <laughs> oh, we didn't know you wanted to do it. Yeah.
2: Well, it's uh, to, to to be honest, Bobby, we think you're too big for us.
1: No, I'm not too big for anybody. Maybe <laughs> maybe a year ago. Uh, well, I, well, I'm too big. For you, that was, I was oh. only a short joke.
0: Well, a dog is too big for Brad. But, but uh...
1: meanwhile, I saw I was making fun of his car. He's got that Mini Cooper on front. Yeah. Which is, but yeah, but I'm in no position to make fun of that car because no. that car is—I'm parked right behind it. My yeah. car is a cube, a, a, a Nissan Cube. Now, if you don't know what a cube is, and my wife and I, things are going so bad for mm-hmm. me. I'll tell you how bad they go. My wife and I are not sharing a car. We're sharing a Nissan Cube, oh, and this God. is the kind of—I. I, I, I'm not a macho guy. If I had all the money in the world, if I had Seinfeld money, right. I still wouldn't be driving $100, a $100,000 vet or a Jag. I, I don't need that shit. But I don't know if I'd have a Cube. Matter of fact, yesterday, I went to Home Depot, and the Mexicans in the parking lot were asking me if I needed work. That's <laughs> good. I'm <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. And it's always kind of jokes add add me to Las Vegas. What kind yeah. of a
0: car is a Cube? Uh,
2: it, it, it's it. exactly what you exactly what the name is. It's yeah. a Cube. It's, a, it's like a Chevy Astro van that yeah. got hit with the Rick Moranis, honey, I shrunk the kids right. Yeah.
1: Wow! Like yeah. it's down. So air. it's just
0: it just not, it's like two fat kids sharing a snow cone. It's just not going <laughs> to work think for anybody. Two fat
1: kids would fit in it if they <laughs> they <laughs> call it a cube because they called it a refrigerator or a mini stove, you know, nobody would really... It has to have some kind of name that sounds like it might actually do something. But if, you ever, if you're ever in a hotel room and you need a fridge for the room and you order a fridge, it's that with wheels and uh, <laughs> half a horsepower. And then, but his car is parked right in front. I said, but is that your car? And the Mini Cooper. He goes, yeah. And that car you think is really small. Oh, yeah. But it's not. I mean, no. uh, Penn Gillette, who's like nine feet tall. Right. Right? Drives one, too? I was open his house. I go, how do you fit in that? And it, I, it's really deceptive because when you get in that car, it really has... Yeah, Alonno. I know uh,
2: Penn Gillette drives one. Alonzo Bowden drives one. Does and, he really? Yeah, does. and then me. So you have these two giants and then like the guy who actually looks like he should be driving yes. a Mini Cooper. Yeah. The yes. guy
0: who's going to fight the giant. <laughs>
1: yeah. Pretty much. For the that village to bring
0: peace to the – now, how long have you been married?
1: Oh, man. We talked about that before I went on the air. You yeah. know, I, I was going to tell you, I, I've i been married for 25 25- Years and mm-hmm. you know, for a comic to be married that long is pretty, pretty. Oh, it's bananas! Yeah, uh, that's pretty amazing. impressive. Well, you know what it is too. It's also because once you have a kid, it's like having a dog. Mm-hmm. You, you want to be able to see the kid and raise the kid. You don't want visitation, right? So it makes you stick up. You stick stick around with the wife a little bit more. And then when you buy a house, and you don't want to give this fucking bitch anything, so you kind of <laughs> hold on to the house. And so you kind of make things work. It's sort of like being on Gilligan's Island and building shit out of coconut shell. You just make it work,
0: you know. Yeah, you
1: know, Tom Hatch, marriage runs, is like,
2: like Gilligan's yeah, Island. Marriage little, right? is just like. Get yeah, silent. Yeah. Only uh, you don't get to fuck Barry Ann. So, uh, yeah. yeah, but you
1: know, you may do. Tom Hanks, his best friend, becomes a soccer ball. You know, when you're stuck <laughs> in a situation, you know.
0: You know you, marriage you, is the deserted how, island. Now, when how, uh, how much of your act became about your marriage once you... Was it like like right now because i' have, i'm you know i'm thirty one yeah. I have a ton of friends getting married right. I feel like I, unless uh my friends my friends, all my friends that aren 't comics are married or right. are about to be right. and so i'm starting to you know and having kids and so I have a lot of material now about just that happening and being the friend of them who's not married with right. kids, so how much of that did you also, uh, have, and then when you got married, did you just have a whole well, act about?
1: Well, it's interesting. I got married at your age. I got married, I think I was, yeah, I was 31. My mm-hmm. wife was 32. Mm-hmm. So we weren't these assholes that got married. Like our parents and grandparents, a lot of them. Got out of high school, went right. into the army, or got out of college, and you know, went to medical school, or got out of high school, and got you know, whatever it was. A lot of these people got married at eighteen to twenty-two, so yeah, uh, which is right. mind-boggling to me because you sure. don't have a life. It could be the first person you've had sex with, mm-hmm. or even if it's a second or third or whatever. The fact that you just got out of high school, just got out of the military, just got out of a job, just got out of college, and now you got a wife. You don't have one minute in your pathetic macho male life where you could just <laughs> pee on the toilet seat or in the bathtub <laughs> if you're drunk or sure. spoil your appetite or or you know. Or, 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 or play a video game, or do whatever the hell you want when you want to do it, and sneak snacks into a movie theater. Just live on the edge and go crazy. Because you got a fucking bride you got to talk to. First, it's your parents, then it's your gym coach, and it's your guidance counselor, then your math teacher, now it's a goddamn wife. Then you have a kid, and then you got to go to Disneyland, and, and your whole life's fucked. I mean, I you least... got to
0: go to Disneyland. You get to go to Disneyland. Well, I, I or about... I guess when you have a wife and a kid, you have to go, right? right?
1: Well, you know, it's funny. Disneyland to me, when I was a kid, you know, growing up in New York, you know, Disneyland was wow. You know, very few friends of mine. You, you made it
0: if you got to go there? No, I mean, there's a couple of just... friends went
1: them. Wow, you went to Disneyland. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. See, I remember when Disney was for people first getting color televisions and Disney was in color. There was a whole mystique about Disney. You know what it was Sure. It was great. There was this a... whole
0: anti Semitic mystique. Oh, to that it.
1: was yeah. great. <laughs> who, yeah, the yeah. fact that he hated yeah, Jews too. <laughs> I went to Hebrew school. I liked him more for that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: don't, I'm, I'm Jewish. He hates like, Jews. Wait, why'd you like him more? I hate these people too. This is great. I'm a Jew. I don't like to meet them. I just, because I went to Hebrew school. It was maybe Yeah, me too. And people go, I can't be buried in Jewish cemetery all, all my ink, and fine. We well, need to be right next to Juice. What do I do? <laughs> give, a, give a rat's <laughs> ass. You sit
0: next to him in a deli for 30 years. That's yeah. enough. Give
1: a rat's ass where I'm buried. My, wa- my, uh, my wife talked to me about that last week. Out of the blue. No, I mean, oh, I'm having where more. do you want to be buried? I'm, no, I remember one of my rare, decent days at home where the creditors aren't calling. Mm-hmm. I don't have to go to some shit, all funny bone in Boise, Idaho or something. And <laughs> I mean, Everything's fine for the week. And my wife goes, You know, we should be talking about getting cremated. And I said... <laughs> I mean, I mean, we're, we're like, not even, we're on our 50s. I mean, I'm thinking, if you're thinking about doing it now, I'll be more than happy to help you. I'll be more than happy to throw some kerosene on you like a Buddhist monk. You want to die now for some war in some foreign third world country? Kill yourself. I'll be happy to. You. Well, you
0: know. Wait, no, what, what preceded that? Was it like, what do you want for dinner tonight? Oh, by the way, how do you want to die?
1: Yeah, I, I don't know why she said it. I, I and, 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 and is she Jewish too, or? No, she's just a
2: kind <laughs>
1: Am the first ah! one to say that on this show? I, I, no, I, no, but that oh might be God. the greatest line. That's the one word. <laughs> you deli- your delivery yeah. oh, unreal. But, you, but you want to know something, though. <laughs> what's that? I called her that the other night. But here's what's really interesting. You and, called her that and you're well, still married? No, but that's the thing. Listen, to you, you, you guys will appreciate this. Yeah. You'll mm-hmm. appreciate this. Uh, she was acting like a cunt. And I told her that. And she got really mad. Yeah. But she missed... The point, because she thought I called her a content. and said, you you're acting. I said, I was trying sure. to compliment her on her acting abilities. I said to her, I said, look, I've been in a lot of movies and TV shows, but I suck. I play this fast-talking Jew. I do the same character. But the way you act, I thought you were really being a contest. I said, you know, I work with some. I, I work with Cate Blanchett. If you watch Al Pacino in Scarface yeah. and you really study it, Nick Pick, you can see him once in a while going out of character. And I said to my wife, last night when you acted like a cut, con- I mean, it was seamless. It was flawless. Meryl Streep has nothing on you. And she was getting more angry, and I just kept trying to tell her. i was trying to compliment her what a good actress she was, and I said, the only reason I want you to stop acting like that is because I'm afraid you're going to get typecast, getting back to Gilligan. <laughs> Gilligan, this happened. We don't need you two guys. So I can handle the show. I was, <laughs> was, was going to sit back, Set you take the headphones off. But, but Gilligan, I was talking about, I met Bob Denver. You know, he died, I think, oh, no shit. six, seven years mm-hmm. yeah. ago. Yeah. But I was going to do a voiceover edition. They don't call me anymore either. We uh, do a lot of Family Guy. Uh, I did a lot of voices, but I don't...
0: Which one of the... You did one of the... Um, the I, uh, I only played... The Mafia, a, right? I was on a yeah. once. Was no, the...
1: I played... Actually, you would think a Mafia guy would be perfect. Sure. I played a... Yeah. Uh, an Indian chief. That's
0: right? what it was. The when Peter has to go on the no, no, uh, the, the spiritual vi- retreat, the vision quest. Yeah, vision I, quest. Because I could was, was, when I saw Family again, I was, I was like, I know the episode, but that's right.
1: You know, it's funny because that, that's awesome, right? That, that, yeah, that? it was not only was it awesome, but it was the first season of the show. And oh, I, wow. I've been doing a lot of voice work at the time. Now nobody calls anymore. As a matter of fact, some comedian get a load of this, and I will get back to Gilligan, sure. and I'll get back to Family Guy. Totally, <laughs> I know okay. where we're going. So as as you guys yeah. don't talk, I'll remember everything. You know, I got, <laughs> we,
0: we got the map. You're driving. Perfect.
1: Okay. All right, so I. Um, I used to do a lot of voiceovers, and about uh, six months ago... I went into my agent. I, I never get calls anymore. They always think I'm on the road. I, I'm not mm-hmm. on the road. I could do podcasts. I could do anything. I'll help you wash your car. I, I need to make some money here. So, so I, uh, I.
0: I almost took a gig playing Superman at a kid's birthday party when I was so low on money. So really? yeah, holy yeah. shit.
1: If I, if I was in better shape, I, I should play Lois Lane. <laughs> <laughs> He's got better tits. <laughs> I, better tits I, yeah. Anyway, so so I I'm with this comic goes. Hey, how come you didn't come in to read for that thing last week? And I go, what mm-hmm. thing? It said looking for a Bobby Slayton type. What and I said, yeah. I said, are you are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Oh, uh, Bobby said, I'm still alive. <laughs> I could still be me if I have to. <laughs> they were looking for Bobby saying, Type like I'm dead. I mean, that was a kick in the butt. But, Jesus. Um, <laughs> What I was going to say was, so about a um, family guy. So I was doing this whenever it came on in the air. It must have been always, kind of must be 10 years because I was in my old house, 10, 12 years ago. And I got this call, uh, we want you to come in to do this audition for a new animated show. And I was really feeling under the weather. And I was mm-hmm. leaving the next day for some shitty comedy club. Sure. I there's any other kind. What does your
0: voice sound like when it's under the weather, by the way? It sounds like this.
2: <laughs> it's like you said. You me on a good day. There's me, <laughs> me on a bad day. It never used it's to consistent. be this deep.
1: It's just yelling and the fact that I think Satan's living inside my body. It's, 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 you have an incredible voice, though. Yeah, but it's, it's just one of my many personalities. Yeah, this is my podcast For sure. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. My podcast voice. I have my, you have uh, a Trader Joe's voice. I have a gay marriage voice. I have <laughs> just I blend in with anybody. I'm like zelling. So, so um, um, anyway, they called me up and I wasn't feeling well. I was leaving the next day. And they said, yes, this new anime show, Seth MacFarlane. Nobody knew who he was. And mm. they said, well, he really wants to use you. One of the episodes. I said fine, but I'm not coming. I forget it because I never, I never get these things anyway. Sure. And they call back and they said, "Will you do it over the phone?" I never did a voiceover audition over the phone. And yeah. I, you know, I was coughing, I was I, tussed, I was all fucked up in it. And I did the voice. They go, "Great, you got it." I said, "Fine." Anyway, I went in to do the part. And the show hadn't been on TV yet. And I go, this is the dumbest show. This show's <laughs> never going to go anywhere. The second <laughs> before I was doing all those goofy voices and right. I'm doing the Indian chief, I don't want the fucking British question. baby yeah, and stuff so like that. So You're like, stupid. this will never work. Right. So over the next few months, people started saying, Have you seen Family Guy? I right. saw you on Family Guy. It was great. And I finally, watched my episode. And I go, okay, this show's okay. And then I'm sitting in a hotel room. I watch another episode. The show's not bad. and Then and then after three or four episodes, I go, This is one of the funniest, greatest animated just shows. And yep. something with The Simpsons. It's great. Right. And that's why. I said, McFarlane's a billionaire and I'm still playing this shit all funny. <laughs> <laughs> what do I know about
0: anything? Well, yeah, but you went with your instincts, you know, and like...
1: So Gilligan, can I finish yeah, yeah, that? Yeah, 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 exactly. God, Go you keep Gilligan. interrupting me. You ruined the whole show. So, <laughs> so, so about six, seven years ago, right before he died, I see Bob Denver at an audition. And like the idiot I am, you guys would probably do the same thing. Hey, Gilligan! Right, And he goes, ballistic yeah. he guy. He's one
0: of those guys that doesn't want to be referred to. Well,
1: I, I don't think, but I think what happened to him is there was a whole generation of kids, including me, who grew up in the 60s. That's all I knew him from. I mean, in the 50s, during the golden age of television, he was on Toby Gillis. And mm-hmm. according to him, he did Shakespeare in the Park. And he did the London stage. And he did Broadway. And he says to me, that's all anybody remembers me is Gilligan, Gilligan. Anyway, I try to explain that to my wife, that if she keeps acting like a cut, it's going to happen down. <laughs> I think she's going to walk down the street. Well, there's that fucking cunt. And I'm going to go, no, she just plays one on TV. And I said, you're going to get typecast if you keep playing the same role like Gilligan. You're going to wind up like Gilligan with a vagina, honey. And I don't want to see that happen to you.
2: Gilligan with, with a the vagina. vagina. That could be a great show. That was order. the spinoff, yes. It didn't, yeah. <laughs> yes. Now, how, how
1: long have you been doing comedy for? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God.
2: Well,
0: how, for, for, when, forever. But, but, when did you consider yourself to be funny and you're like, all right, I'm going to try to make a career out of this career was career. there a moment ago
1: <laughs> <laughs> w- w- when i first did stand-up mm-hmm. i was 21 but you know i think jerry seinfeld once said the same thing he goes i didn't count the first year but i didn't count it because only did it once so right. okay. i really started when i was 22 and now i'm 58 so a little bit over 25 years 35 years oh my god um but you know when i start, that's why my book's called if you can't laugh for yourself make fun of other people my 35 years in showbiz hell and it's been nothing but It's been hell. My life's not hell. I mean, it's not like I'm going for a liver transplant or kidney dialysis. But as far as showbiz goes, I'm doing worse than you two. (laughs) I'm driving a fucking cube.
2: (laughs) That's an accomplishment. Yeah. But I mean, but then so I mean, because you've been in the business 35 years, and I was on I was on your website. You got pictures with uh, Rickles. You got pictures with like just like you've met. Everyone in this business, you got pictures hanging out with Robin Williams, and you guys were in like in your thirties yeah, and stuff.
1: Yeah, but remember, if you go to any dry cleaner, he has the same pictures because they also go to the car wash and the dry cleaner. So <laughs> every guy with a tattoo parlor has a picture with Motley Crue and Motorhead. Yeah, Everybody's Pink's got hot dogs. Yeah, but I, you know, I worked with a lot of these guys, and a uh, matter of fact, one of the chapters of my book. Is called Typhoid Bobby after Typhoid Mary, who mm-hmm. never had typhoid, but she gave it to dozens and dozens of people. She was a carrier. So, like me, I'm a carrier of the fame gene, even though I haven't become a big star. But Ray Romano, uh, Judd Apatow, um, um, uh, Roseanne Barr, uh, my God, David Spade, Bill Hicks. Uh, I mean, there's a hundred guys uh, that have opened. Chelsea Handler, oh, was mm-hmm. she? A horrible woman um, <laughs> oh. the story of my book about her except I gotta watch what I say about her because I heard I could get sued because he likes to sue if you say things even though they're true no kidding. Um, but anyway so there's a lot of and you uh, wonder why you haven't been asked on the show <laughs> well you know what I was uh, no but she opened up for me and, mm-hmm. and then I heard when I tried to get on the show that the producer said Bobby just trying to take over the show I'm not like that am huh, my fellas no 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 I mean, no, I, mean,
2: I, mean is, I mean I I keep looking at you like when is Bobby going to show up oh, Brad I mean, I forgot where your voice sounded like right. that for a minute
1: <laughs> <laughs> Well you know I, I I just don't like that show and everything she does to the comics on the show you know if you're okay let the queen talk let the queen bitch talk you've had enough you know stop being so funny sit down you know you know I, yeah I understand
2: understand uh Adam was just on that show what Two Weeks ago, yeah, first time.
1: <laughs> I, there's nothing wrong with doing the show, yeah. You know, sure. The thing with that show is it's catapulted a lot of comics, good ones and horrible ones, sure, mm-hmm. uh, uh, into you know the spotlight because people that are going to comedy clubs now are not people my age, they're not people in their 50s. It's kids in their 20s and 30s and right. 40s who watch Comedy Central who basically you know buys comics for 1500 bucks and then gives out specials like Halloween candy to anybody that you know they can own. But that's what's putting asses in the seats now, yeah. Not you guys. would
0: crush on that show, by the way. You're so quick, and I mean, it. Also, it would be amazing to see. Uh, I mean, you know, at the rate that you speak, like battling with Chelsea and you know, the well, that's people. Why she, who... That's why she me on right, the show because exactly. she
1: knows that I will do that, yeah. and not on purpose, but. Uh... You know, I think, and you would ch- think
0: though, you would want to be like, well, okay, this would be a, I mean, you would help the show by having you on. So it's like,
1: you know, uh, you think that that's why a guy like Jerry Seinfeld, you know, you look at a guy like him. When that show first came on, Jerry knew he wasn't a great actor, and mm-hmm. what he do, he surrounded himself with great funny people. Yeah, sure. he's making the money. The show's called Seinfeld, and he's more than happy. To let everybody else do the work and and Be make
2: star make and, him yeah. rise and make and it worked money.
1: beautifully. But there's some you know Ray Romano did the same thing. He put his friends mm-hmm. on and uh, a lot of guys did it. But there's some people that just want the whole spotlight and don't want to you know. Yeah, and I find that to be hard to be like Jay Leno puts some comics on, but somebody said me, Leno does want comics being on who are funny than him. I. I don't, I don't think that's true. I, I think crazy. no, he put, he he put he put plenty of comics. He on. He put plenty of comics on. He yeah. might not put as many as Letterman because the ratings aren't as high. That's a whole different thing. But I think that anybody involved in this business who wants to show to be better would surround themselves with friends and funny people.
2: Right now, you had a uh, you had a gig going on at what, what was it the. Hooters Casino? That was a great gig. I didn't realize how great it was. Vegas. Okay. Because that's what I was going to ask you. Because I ran into uh, Frank Caliendo one time. And he had his gig going on right. at the Mon- Monte Carlo. Yeah. And I asked him, like, dude, so you're doing Vegas now. Like, you, you don't have to travel a lot. You right. don't, don't got to do anything. And, like, how is it? And Frank looks at me and goes, I've never been more miserable in my entire life. And I'm like, what the fuck? Because that sounds like a dream gig to me.
1: Well, you know, with Frank, what happened was, and I don't know if this is to be true, I mean, I I don't know how packed the show was, but then again, he had a giant theater. And by the time Frank got there, the recession Mm -hmm. was starting to hit. Vegas was starting to hurt. That had nothing to do with Frank's talent because he's great. I only had a 200-seat showroom to fill. Um, I loved playing Vegas, but I was also at a place... I was at Hooters. And if you've ever been to a Hooters, mm-hmm. all this is is the same shithole except for a couple of tables and a couple of more fat people and, you know, <laughs> and a, a few slot machines. It's, but they built a beautiful showroom for me, and they paid mm-hmm. me a salary. And I was the only guy in the strip, out of the guys of my generation, you know, Pennitella, Carrot Top, uh, George Wallace, Rita Rudner. Um, everybody was working. Um, I was getting a, a, a paycheck. You know, I was mm-hmm. getting a really nice pay. A lot of those guys were working for two-wall two and four-wall deals and for of the door. But I was getting paid. And they put me up in a beautiful apartment next door. Whoa. So I was right there. But Hooters was, I've never seen an operation like this. It was like the mental patients. It was like one floor of the cuckoo's nest. It was like <laughs> the patients running the institution. I, and they didn't know what they were doing. I mean, they, had, they, they closed a sushi bar right before I got there. That The sushi bar was called the Bake Shop.
2: Mm-hmm. That's not what you
1: should call it, no, no. 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 you know. Yeah. I mean, I mean there, there's a bakery near called Hot and Crusty. That's not what you call <laughs> a, a doctor, a guy college's <laughs> office. You know, hot and Crusty or, is not good for a brothel. It's good for a bakery. <laughs> you know, there's certain names. The bake shop's great, yeah. Right. You know, a bake shop, sure. But sushi is a hard enough sell at a place like Hooters. <laughs> but that's the kind of way. That's the way they were thinking. They had a martini bar that they turned into a showroom for me the mm-hmm. martini bar didn't work because nobody goes to Hooters for a martini. You don't right. say. See, well, yeah, I, and I do. <laughs> yeah. They go, you know, if they, if they get a Coors, you know, it's, it's, it's Coors Light, Miller Light, and Coleslaw and titties, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly.
0: How was the um, show, the shows though? I mean, the, the clientele that came in there? For were...
1: the most part, it was good, but it was a tough sell anywhere. Vegas, you know, Vegas is not like the old days. First of all, when you played Hooters, you're off the strip, and uh, right in front of you is the Tropicana, mm-hmm. who's offering I think three comics for $15, and you get a free drink, and my Tickets to three times. I March. did that gig, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh,
2: comedy stop at the Trop. Right. Bob, that, uh, Bob Gephardt's right. gig.
1: and that was a horrible enough gig the way it was. But it yeah, was, two that shows was on a night stuff. for yeah. a week. Right. And so you have to even go further off this trip to get to Hooters. And then across (laughs) the street, you Carrot got You Tapia, Frank Caliendo. At the time, I think Rita Rudner or Roseanne or Louie was across the street in New York, New York. And every week at the MGM was either a fight, Louis Black, Robin Williams, or David Copperfield. So the people go to Vegas, they only go to see one show, and they're not Mm -hmm. going to see Bobby Slayton, and they're not going to Hooters. So the combination (laughs) was not a good one-two punch at all. But I was there for two years. I had a contract. And you know what I did? that The other comedy clubs got pissed at me is that I overpaid – I don't, th- I, not the right word, cause I don't think I overpaid is not the right word because I don't think I overpaid him, but I was paying all my openers, $1,500 a week for Wednesday through Sunday. Wow. And as you know that if you were a headliner, you would probably get that at the most. Yeah. At any one of those comedy clubs and the, and the, and the, um, the Improv and the Comedy Stop and all of them. Give good them your pay and you're open is fifteen hundred. They go, well, you know what? I'm making pretty good coin, mm-hmm. and I, nobody ever took care of the comics, and uh, so I paid them fifteen hundred. And you know, That's I didn't super have super generous, yeah. Of course I mean, didn't. I took them all out to dinner. I mean, I did what I had to do because I don't want to be treated like shit by all these other clubs. Um, well, because you know, I mean, in that,
2: in I, I feel like you you came up through the ranks, and you probably had some guys at the top oh. treat you like shit when you were coming up.
1: Yeah, well, not treat me like shit so much didn't really give me the time of day i mean Mm -hmm. um but you know what? When I was an opening act, yeah, I, was, I was a house comic at the uh, – I got a lot of time. People ask me all the time, I hey, get good at stand-up. And I don't know how you guys got good. I don't know how you guys – when you start out, where you got a lot of time to do it. But I was the house MC at the Punchline in San Francisco. One of the first comedy clubs. Nice. I'm going, going 20- there
0: at the end of July. What's that? I'm going there at the it's end of great, July. Great, it's still amazing. a
1: great club. And about 25, 30 years ago – so I opened up for uh, Jerry Seinfeld wow. and George Wallace and Michael – Batman Keaton, you know, Bruce Baum, Denny Johnston, Elaine Boozler, you know, Leno, a lot Yeah, they all all came through there. Yeah, so I got to watch them all. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, back then.
0: You think that helps you get better when you're starting out to watch?
1: I think it helps. I I don't think it helps so much if you watch on TV now. I think now, I don't know if it's easier for a comic or tougher for a comic because there's so many guys doing it Mm -hmm. and everything's almost been done. Uh huh. You yeah. Know?
2: yeah I mean Yeah. Because people are just sitting there going like, "Okay, well, uh, I got stuff going on with my girlfriend." Yeah, stuff has been going on with, your, with, com- yeah. with comics girlfriends for forty years. I mean, like it's, there's, it's tough.
1: There's like four dwarfs doing stand up. And if, After <laughs> if the first ten minutes of short jokes, you better be a good comic. Yeah. Sure. It's like blind comics. There's a dozen of those guys, and that's fine being blind and fat and handicapped. But after that, you just better be funny. Yeah. You know, your disease or your problem or your handicap is can work for you, as you know. <laughs> as, then, I, as I know. Yeah. As you know. But, then, but then you got to be a funny guy. Sure. you know and I think when I started out there weren't that many people well there were a lot of people doing it but not as many Mm -hmm. so there was more places you could go San Francisco alone the whole Bay Area that whole comedy boom in the early 80s there were about four or five full time comedy clubs and four or five clubs that I'd one night gigs. So between San Jose and San Francisco and Marin County, you can work every night. Wow. You know, and, and, and then and then there's a lot of guys like Robin Williams and uh, Robin and just I remember when he first got Mork and Mindy and that was we were all in our early twenties, I guess. And um, that was, was a big
0: deal, yeah. I mean it was
1: It was a really big deal, but he was, Robin you knew right away. Was going to be a giant star. I was a How so? man because just watching him, he was a force of nature. I mean, now you watch him, oh, big deal, because there's so many guys you might think. Sure. But, but Robin was with his voices and his characters. Uh, before Mark and Mindy, there was nobody really doing that the way he was doing it. His dialects. I mean, Jonathan Winters had done it. I'm not saying he was sure. everything was so so original, but but yeah. Robin was really a powerful actor, an improv guy. But then, oh well, yeah,
2: tra- he was a trained at Juilliard.
1: Yeah, he was yeah. you could tell he was a trained actor. Yeah. And, and so there weren't that many comics, especially in the barriers so where he really stood out. But a lot of comics didn't want to open up for rock and roll bands. And that's where I got my uh, – that's where I sort of became the pit bull of comedy. Oh,
2: shit. Uh, so what, what bands did you end up op- oh, uh, my God. opening up for? A lot,
1: a lot. <laughs> I mean, Dana, Dana Carvey and Kevin Pollack would open up for all the little Boy Scouts like Pablo Cruz and the Beach Boys. Sure. And Rosa Manchester. I mean, it's never easy opening for a band. Cause- no,
2: because they're not there to see comedy. They're right. not there to they're, see they're, comedy. They're there to see music. Yeah.
1: yeah, and I don't care if it's Vegas, Diana Ross, or Four Times, whatever – not of it's easy, but it's a lot easier than opening for a punk band like The Stranglers or The Tubes or Blue Oyster Cult. I mean, I opened up for... And there were a lot of 80s pop bands in San Francisco. Eddie Money and Huey Lewis in the News and mm. Greg Kinn. Awesome. I mean, they were they were you know they were the middle-of-the-road pop guys, but still people were drunk and stoned in the audience. They're not there to see a comedy. <laughs> no. You know, right. Right?
0: They just kind of want to be there and, and zone out and listen to something. Yeah, and
1: I was a fucking wise ass, so I, I really... Would push Did you buttons. attack
0: the audience a little bit? Yeah, and you yeah. know, and
1: when things were going good, I went out of my way to give them shit. Yeah, you know, I mean, the cocaine and the vodka didn't help. <laughs> oh, man, well, actually, <laughs> maybe it, it did. No, yeah. It did
2: help. No, <laughs> I, I don't
1: want to be so negative. It helped a lot. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, it helped a lot.
2: And uh, well, in like, in, you, you asked like, how did me and Adam get funny? I don't know. About Adam, but like, yeah, I do get funny. Uh, well,
1: like, <laughs> <laughs> the jury's still out on this guy. <laughs> no, no. Well, like,
2: uh, I I came up doing like Mexican restaurant gigs where you, where you no. just where you just show up and. The, the patrons there don't know it's a comedy show. Oh. They're, they're oh, yeah. trying to watch the damn Laker game, and all, and all of a sudden they shut it off and go, okay, we're going to start the comedy show. Yeah, and shut it off uh, or keep it on and say,
0: hey, you have the <laughs> choice to watch the game still or listen to the of tell jokes.
1: <laughs> and see, that, See that's almost making me cringe because mm-hmm. even though I think we all have our stories, mm-hmm. like the Blues Brothers playing behind the chicken wire and the cowboy bar. But, sure. But, but I actually haven't done that, but that story you just said, that yeah. – I might have had one or two gigs like that, but that is oh, really, really where I mean. Oh, it's I've had it's tons
0: of those. But I mean, so so many of those bad bar shows that was literally like where I'm. Sc- you're screaming over people because there's there's a uh, a section of people listening. Right. But a giant section near the bar that is just like, hey yeah. man, we came for what yeah, we're doing play, right now. Yeah, yeah, they're playing pool and, and They're, they're right. blow, Yeah, they're and their fun shit. is like uh, over. Uh, powering, you know, you so you're really having to scream at the people who are listening, and they yeah. and then they're like, "Why are you screaming at us, man?" Like, like well, yeah. we're listening. I
1: think when I started out in the late '70s, early '80s, comedy since it was a comedy boom, uh, people were more interested in it. So, when a club had a comedy night, people mm-hmm. showed up. I think by the time you guys started, and, and it, it happened when I was starting out too. But I, I think I goes, "Hey, you know what? We're not using the stage tonight. These comedians right, so yeah. want no, twenty dollars. We totally. have a mic, We have electricity. Yeah, yeah we have our, a bar stool. Yeah, totally. And and so what the hell?" When, when I, you know, and then they would throw you up there, and all you guys. When I say you guys, I mean comics are just desperate to get any kind of stage time. Sure. a few bucks to pay for dinner that you'll take any gig. Yeah, and so it does make you a better comic. You know what? And it does fit out the herd. It does weed out the guys. It, it does. Be doing this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because
0: a lot of those rooms will be uh, think that they, you know, we have a mic, we have a stool and uh, one light, and sometimes that is enough, but more often than not, like, those rooms, like, I've done a bunch of those, they're just not conducive enough, because the place is like, yeah, people will just come, right, because they don't know how a comedy show should be, There, like, we have right, one sure. we have one light, and then, like, I went there one night, and he's like, the light's not really working, that's still cool, though, right? I'm like, <laughs> right, like right. Cause
2: we got the oh, mic and the God. stool, though, and it's yeah. like, <laughs> it's
0: like no. dude, no, like, you got this is already a bar, there's already TVs, and, like, everything's right. not yeah. set
2: up for it, it. It, it, it. It's so amazing how, and us as comics know, know this, how easy it is to on a comedy show in terms of like it's so simple right of what you need right yet how many people fuck it up well <laughs> it's easy
1: to put on a comedy show because well,
2: they look at us as clowns right. it's like you can
0: just get up there and t- like right. you should be able to do it anywhere if you're funny like that's right. you know the- but
1: it's easy to put on a show but it's not mm-hmm. easy well it is easy to put up but put on a really good show sure you know, i was playing this this shithole i'll tell you the name of it because i'll never go back to harvey's up in portland i mean oh, a, shit. A, a horrible club mm-hmm. and uh you know, it's, they give away the whole room. Nobody's paying for the tickets, and they don't really care because they don't pay the comics much money, and they just want to sell the food and drinks. So mm-hmm. I went up there about ten years ago, and they were starting to use headliners. They were instead of using all these local guys, they said, "Well, maybe we'll spend a little money and we'll use some bigger names." So they, I, I was the first guy they did this experiment with in a month stage, and you know that crowd's pretty rowdy. There's a crappy little spotlight on me, but right next to the stage, there's a bigger spotlight on the sandwich board on the specials. And I said, "You know, it's hard enough to keep the attention of drunken idiots. It's hard." <laughs> <laughs> if to keep them focused on the stage, without a bar out there and a TV in the right. back and this and that, and uh, I said, you should at least shut the. There's more attention given to the specials and the yeah. sandwiches than to be, well, we got to sell food. And I, I tried to explain to the guy, I said, by the time I go on, the show's 45 minutes away from being over. They you know, should have they, eaten they, already. They should have eaten by now, Yeah, and they should have ordered, and we don't really want them looking at anything else. But simple little things like that, nobody seems to care or understand.
2: You know? Yeah, because then, then essentially you're opening for a Reuben sandwich.
1: Right, 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 <laughs> right. Yeah, and it just It doesn't matter how good the Reuben sandwich yeah. is. Yeah, still... and that's why he's been 35 years He he's shown his help because there's still been, and it still happens. I get these gigs and I go, I just can't believe I'm doing this. You know, they stopped doing this, but the, in, in the factory comedy, Comedy Factory Outlet in Baltimore, I oh, just yeah. played. Oh, yeah, that show. It's a good yeah. club, but years ago th- when I went there.
2: They, they used to do the three shows on Saturday.
1: Well, I, see, I stopped doing those. Woo! Those, that, three shows on Saturday is brutal, and you don't want to complain because there are people now probably listening to you guys that just came home from a, a day in the sure. minefield. Or, yeah, a yeah, machine yeah, shop yeah, somewhere, and they're like, I would kill to do three shows. Yeah, 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 yeah so, of course. Yeah, I but get it really, it. when you're headlining, it's really, really tough. But at the time, uh, uh, when I played that 10 years ago, it was all you can drink. And mm-hmm. I said the owner, I said, nice guy. I said, really, all you can drink? And he goes, you know, really, I'm in the alcohol business, not the comedy business. Jesus. And, <laughs> well, there you go. You know, <laughs> That's and,
2: exactly and, what uh, you want to hear as the comedian. Yeah. yeah <laughs> great. And, uh,
1: but be, all you can drink. And what happened, I, I, this was, I think it was probably, I might have done three shows. because It was a lake show Saturday night. There was a woman up front that threw up, threw up up front, and then a guy walked by and slipped in it. <laughs> and I'm on stage you know were
0: they a comedy duo were they like trying to fucking up, up, up one, <laughs> it's, it's, one up you set and, up punchline yeah yeah
1: I'm trying to do my I show you don't have a banana peel
0: if, like, you throw up real quick bitch right, right. right. I'm trying to do my show
1: and I look 20 minutes later and the there's the same people still drinking. At least oh, in the God. old West, they pick these people up by the pants and they throw them through the swinging <laughs> door. But they they just go like nothing wow. happened. Yeah, oh, it's they have somebody brutal. clean it up
2: and just get them another drink. Brutal. Yeah. Now uh, you talked about how you like to uh, how you like to help out comics. Uh, I'm about to do the Montreal Comedy Festival with you. We're, we're I doing. Stopped,
1: I stopped helping comics. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was just being nice to you to get on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, th- that's going to be. Um, and that's been your show for how long? Well, what's interesting is that. Have you ever been up there? After? I'm
0: going up this first time this year. You are? Yeah. Well, yeah. They,
1: what are they putting you with? New faces? Relationships? No, I'm just, or...
0: I mean, I'm big, just from this movie that I just did right, and some right. other shit, uh, they just let me go up and be on shows. My buddy Chris Lee is going up, so I'm going to be on a handful of his shows. It's a
1: great. Have you been up there, Brad, right? No. And that's right. We talked about first that when time. I time. You. Mm-hmm. you know what's great about that? And I haven't been to festivals all over the world, but the Montreal Comedy Festival, um, I think it was a, they were the first ones to do this. I know there's one in Edinburgh now. And yeah. There was one in Aspen for a while. HBO did one. Mm-hmm. But it's so great because. Uh, Montreal's a great town. The women mm, yeah, are beautiful. I, I
0: keep hearing that. The
1: women are mind boggling. And, you know, I mean, I've been to a lot of places. I haven't been around the globe, but in North America, it's one of the. And it's plus, it's the summertime. So they're not bundled up. Usually they're like, they look like Eskimos. You can't tell if there's a man or a woman or a Yeti under there. <laughs> well, sometimes that's half the fun. Yeah. Well, it gets really cold. Yeah. But the summertime is such a great town. But what's great about the Nasty Show, the show that you and I are doing, mm-hmm. is that. um. What they did at the Montreal Comedy Festival—it lasted a week—is how it started. Now it's expanded to a uh, almost they do a month it, now. Well, it's like a month, and they have a uh, yeah. They have all, all. Last year it was maybe too big. Hopefully they scaled it back because they had so many. One man shows and so many performances, and, and giant theaters. What's great about Montreal? They have more theaters in that town, and they have more underground passages to get to the mall and the theaters because in the wintertime you really can't go outside. People oh, yeah, want to be inside. Yeah,
2: it's it's freezing there. And, it's and, and so
1: with like a five six block radius, there's all these theaters. And last year there, I think Amy Schumer, Pat Oswald, Louis Black, Robin Williams, and everybody sells. Everybody's selling out. But but for years. What they did was, and they still do it, a week of shows. And they have a relationship show, and a new faces guys mm-hmm. that are trying to get sitcoms. Ethnic and they have the ethnic show, yeah. black people, and the gay show, and you know, and then the, uh, the bubbling with laughter, and the bar mitzvah show is Jews, and so on. But the nasty show mm-hmm. became, I think, Dom Herrera did it first, and it was called the nice. Danger Zone. Yeah. About. 30, 25, 30 years ago. Then Kenny Loggins yeah. sued you, yeah. and yeah. then it was <laughs> all I think. It's a danger zone, and it was at midnight. And then the next year I hosted it, and then they called it The Nasty Show. Mm-hmm. And the show was so popular, they kept adding another show. They kept adding another show. They kept adding another show. And finally, they didn't have room to keep adding shows because the venue that they had it in Club Soda had 500 seats, and they needed it for all these other shows. So for about 15 years, what we did was maybe even 20 years. We did the nasty show, like 17 shows in a week, two shows every night, three shows a night on the weekends. But you only have to do 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. Uh, but every show would sell out, and they had us there for a whole week, the week before the festivals. And we'd get great write ups, and the uh, newspapers and the uh, magazines would write all about the following week when the industry came up and all the casting people came up and the network people came up all our reviews were down the new reviews oh, it's like our show never happened <laughs> oh. so what they do now is we're going up I think we're doing it the same time as part of the festival and then a, a week later we're doing a few more shows the next yeah, week yeah we're
2: doing I'm, I know I'm there for two weeks yeah it's gonna be great
1: and they got great great restaurants yeah. it's a great need I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a, uh, there's my groceries I brought them into your place I I've them in my hot <laughs> car I, that's the thing when you're married 25 years all I have left is food <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I, I drink I, drink wine from Trader Joe's. I can't afford blow. I, I, mean, I would do blow in a second. People where you're 58? You got high blood pressure. What the fuck do I get? I don't care if I die from blow. I just don't want to walk around you know, ooh, yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> I'm going to show with Brad Williams and drive a clown car. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Oh, wait, you are. <laughs> I am driving a car. car. Way, do you see the color of that car? It's, it's a bright blue cube. It's, oh, it, God, is it, it really? It's, it's
2: like teal. It's like it, yeah. when, when when he when he drives by, like American Indians just go, hey, that's the color of our jewelry. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, yeah. It's,
1: <laughs> it's, it's, well, when, we, when my wife and I went to get it a few months ago, they had gray and they had black and they had white. And my wife picks me up at the airport all the time. And all these mm-hmm. little cars start looking alike. The hundreds, sure. the cubes. I said, let's get this blue. Because unless the circus in down, nobody's driving that car. I know that nobody's
2: going to steal be, it, right? I know that'll be. You. That, 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 and he's driving around West Hollywood. When he just stops at lights, the gay pride parade forms behind his right. car. Yeah, yeah, they think you're just a part of the parade. Right. Now, in all honesty, like
0: what, so 20 plus years of marriage?
1: 25. 25 years. Of so, now.
0: what is, I mean, you obviously, there's, you know, you, you're, some, you're keeping it together. So, what, what are the um, contributing factors Alcohol. <laughs> in all seriousness. Uh, That's a piece of it.
1: Well, what's kept my, you know, what's kept it together is the fact that uh, my wife for many years had a clothing store. In Santa Monica, and well, she's so uh,
2: getting free jeans out of this shit.
1: No, it was a It was a, a woman. <laughs> that keep me in store. it too. Oh, yeah. oh
2: it's a woman's clothing store. Well, you know, we all we all have different tastes, Bobby. We yeah, don't yeah. judge.
1: Which that car I should be wearing women's clothes. <laughs> hey man, uh, if I'm low on cash, I'll wear yeah, some mom yeah. jeans just but, to get. But this, what was great was is that when I was home Monday through Wednesday, she would basically get up at ten o'clock in the morning, nine o'clock in the morning, go to work. Hmm. So by the time I got up, she was gone. And then I'd make dinner, and I'd knock off a bottle of wine. And by the time she got him 7, 8 o'clock, we'd eat dinner with a TV show. We'd watch The Sopranos, or Buffy The Vampire Slayer, or some Dexter, whatever. Mm. We'd watch a show, and then by 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, I'd go down to my office, play my drums, jack off. I'd come back up. She's sleeping. I go to sleep. So I wouldn't see And then i leave Wednesday or Thursday yeah. to go back on the road, so I wouldn't mm. see her very much. So yeah. that's the key. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> of course. I didn't see the bride a couple hours a week. Perfect,
2: right? Right? Yeah. Well, I mean, uh,
0: distance makes a heart grow fonder, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Distance keeps a marriage together. It makes a heart grow fonder. There, you want to be. That's it. it. That's just a nicer way
2: of saying it. Yeah, it's
1: a nice poetic way of putting it.
2: (laughs) but i think also if if you get married like these kids that you talked about who would come out of college and get married like 21 when you're coming out at 21 you don't have enough money to buy a big house or right. or a, a, an apartment with separate rooms you're in a one bedroom right. like one other room house so you constantly see that other person so that right. so that can't be good for the relationship oh and then,
1: and then you see these couples and i never got this and i guess people had to do this in the old days you know our grandparents you know had these mom and pop stores mm-hmm. i don't know how you did that when, yeah you know work with my grandparents wife, they, they ran a little yeah. candy shop or laundry i mean a lot of people still do that a lot yeah. of immigrants but my god you go home with this woman oh, you gotta work all day with this oh, fucking god. broad yeah oh my god <laughs> and, then, and then you see guys this one i never got when they play golf with their wife i mean who's doing that no. well i used to my my
2: dad does that it, it's insane and and that is isn't golf is supposed to be the
0: time when a man like can yes. get away and yes. have his thoughts yes. and yes it's like Talk ice. shit about his wife yeah, with his yeah. buddies. Yeah, exactly.
1: And if that doesn't work, you take up drastic sports like ice fishing. Where at 3 <laughs> o'clock in the morning in Montreal, you're, you're That's fishing. all it is, isn't no, it? No, honey, I love ice fishing. No, we don't. I have to get away from this. I think you see these God. guys with their wives. You know, it's, it's just amazing. It's, it's <laughs> I would a,
0: take up a really obscure sport that, like, you the, the practice times, you could never question. It's like, I'm doing the luge. we got to practice yeah, at 4 a.m. to 6 p.m. There's a
1: lot of couples that do shit that I don't, you know. I mean, not really... On a a different note, you know, I remember taking my daughter to Disneyland when she was little, and you'd see couples getting married. That was Disney World in Florida, or it could be L.A. It's one of the honeymoon top honeymoon destinations, not not, not just honeymoon, but getting married. There's Mm -hmm. like Niagara Falls, Las Vegas, and then people get married at Disneyland. You, You know, if you're not old enough to make the commitment, that to me. I can see an Elvis impersonator marrying you, and I right. can see you getting married, you are parachuting out of a plane, doing something crazy. Yeah, yeah. But Disney World, Disney has for children, and you're getting—you're not old enough to be married if this is what you're doing. Of course. Yeah. Also,
0: that—that that to me is uh, comparable to like the the jumbo screen, like at a sports game, like oh. just basically like you're basically <laughs> pointing to it and going, and then you know going, hey, look at that. Eh? Like that's fucking—that's the person you want to spend your life with. That's I, fucking romantic. I
1: remember once <laughs> I had my took my daughter at Disneyland, and and I made the mistake the first time I took her there. It was the summertime, and I realized when you're four, five, six years old, kids can miss school. I said to my wife. I'm taking her out of school. Really? She's like, what is she going to miss? You know, it's second grade. Yeah, yeah. She's not missing anything. Right. So October, you know, or, 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 you know, Disneyland's always crowded. But I try to get a time when the Europe's not on vacation, Americans aren't on a vacation, it's not Easter, sure. it's not any kind of holiday. And and I, it would still be a pain in the ass, but I take my kid to school and she's like, daddy miss the exit. I go, we're not going to school today, we're going to Disneyland. And I remember one Summer though it was a hot day and we go to Disneyland and my kids gotta go in country bear jamboree and there's two guys standing behind us and I mm-hmm. think obviously they were gay and this but what, what was amazing to me is I just the line was so long and I kept saying to my daughter there's so many things we could do. Don't you have to pee or do something? Don't you want a snack or mm-hmm. Mickey Mouse ears? I just couldn't stand the line knowing when I'm gonna see these singing bears. And after about thirty minutes of the line I turn on to these two guys who did nothing wrong, go, What the fuck is the matter with you today? <laughs> and, <laughs> And I think they because they're gay, <laughs> but it wasn't <laughs> no, no, no. that. Nothing. In fact, they're adults, and they're yeah. waiting in line what? for the singing for animatronic bears. bears. <laughs> don't you? Don't you have a hobby? Can't you, can't you go ice fishing? I know you can't Nothing to are being gay. That
2: just shows you how how <laughs> desperately guys do want to get away from their wives. It's like we're leaving a house that has a large TV, any channel. There's internet. There's porn. But the wife is there, so we say, fuck it. I'm going to a cabin in 20 right. below weather with a hole in the water. Yeah, exactly. That's what we're doing. You know,
1: the first time I went to Disneyland, though, was with another guy when I just moved out to California. And uh, I'd never been there before. And I was playing a club. not. There anymore the the laugh stop at Newport Beach should you know we're not far from Disneyland I always wanted to go, and for some reason I hadn't taken LSD in years <laughs> and somebody no that's somehow I got LSD or yeah. mescaline or peyote somebody
0: p- yeah well fucking Goofy is an yeah, addict so yeah. I'm sure and he slipped some it was,
1: it was great
0: yeah oh yeah if you're not going to Disneyland I mean the last time I went to Disneyland was on a pot brownie before that it was on pot cookies I right. mean as an adult there's I don't know why you're going sober like you've seen it as a kid right. and even if you haven't seen it as a kid. Like, yeah. what you're going to see as an adult isn't going to change your life unless you're... Yeah, it's, in, sort of in, unless,
2: well, maybe the two guys you saw at the Country Bear Jamboree were, they, yeah, were... Yeah, right. it's acid, yeah, like, yeah singing bears on acid? Yeah. Holy
1: yeah. shit! But, that, but what <laughs> reminded me of that is because I went to see the singing bears, and they were, yeah. <laughs> they were great. So maybe I, maybe yeah. I, I totally misjudged. I now, totally misread. Did you
0: day. have any sort of moment while you were on LSD at Disneyland? Because for me, on a, a pop run right at the time, like, did you uh, I knew it was time to leave when I told Winnie the Pooh I was having a heart attack. And I think... <laughs> <laughs> to me, I was like, all right, this is probably a good sign <laughs> to grab my bags and head for the exits. The
1: only thing I remember is seeing the seven dwarves and going, Brad, Brad, Brad. He didn't, even he, did. he didn't even turn around and talk to me. Well, that motherfucker's in character. He doesn't know yeah, exactly. the I don't remember. Happy doesn't know
2: Bobby Slayton. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's funny because uh, I actually did used to work at Disneyland. Did
1: you really? What did you do? Uh,
2: I was the bodyguard for the characters.
1: Oh, oh you really? Bodyguard. Yeah.
2: so, yeah, so <laughs> I, bodyguard. So, so I'd walk around with the characters and, and you know, I'd... Every five-year-old step out a line, i have to give him a little forearm shiver. But, uh, but like, like for the most part, it was a fun job. It, it, it sounds great. Yeah, and, and that – and you have no idea like when – He was also the fluffer for the singing bears. Well, I... <laughs> Somebody <laughs> has to. <yes. laughs> they need so, a little someone them. had to get them ready to go on stage, <laughs> and damn it, I've got little hands. So, <laughs> <laughs> But it, it, was, it, it was always interesting because there's something about Disneyland where people just have this idea of magic – like, yeah, we an escape. Yeah. So where I'm like doing stuff with Win- with Win the Pooh and I'm like taking pictures and then these parents like walk, walk up to me and like one leans down and goes, I don't know how they got you in that costume, but that is unbelievable. Really? It's like it, it's called a genetic disorder, bitch. <laughs> wow. <really? laughs> what the fuck? Wow. Like, really? You think Disney magic is like like finding some tiny, tiny, tiny Chinese guy, sticking him in a tiny, tiny white guy costume and then like parading him out there? No, yeah. they don't do that. <laughs> well, thanks for reading really that for me, Brad. Another Disney
1: myth shot to hell. You know, there's there's two great books. Have you read those books, Mouse Tales, about behind the scenes, no about, you know, crap about the the the. Uh the, the, the deaths there and why oh, they yeah. go to some of the rides yeah, and yeah, so yeah. people got all the kind of things that went on and,
0: um, <laughs> well yeah there was a, I think a kid fell off like the Matterhorn I think a couple of years ago yeah no,
1: but there's always but there's more there's cooler the stories than kids dying but I mean I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean don't get <laughs> wrong
0: that's their opener yeah I mean when Chip and Dale gang banged that seven year old I mean that was was more like, exciting they had
1: like real burros or you know, donkeys and they would actually bit a couple of kids on one of the gold mining ec- things when, the, when oh, really? they first opened I think misfired and backfired and donkeys they, bit kids but they had some donkeys or they had something in the original rides you know they they've transformed them over the years of yeah. course to make mm-hmm. them more maybe that's why they
0: went to animatronics they had real actual singing donkeys yeah, and yeah. they, had some, <laughs> they got disgruntled over the
2: wages and they're yeah, yeah, gonna you know, bite some know. kids if you don't fucking before my time Yeah. <laughs> you know, before yeah, my time What's uh, also like people when they go to Disneyland they just have this expectation of the perk vacation uh, I'd be out with just the characters and then People literally form lines to nowhere right? because, right. like, five people would be standing next to each other and then six people would be standing in oh, line yeah. and seven people You're not making any decisions for yourself at that place. No. You're, just, you're seeing a group and you're
0: like, oh, that must be what we should do.
2: Yeah, and then, like, and then, like the family stops seeing their ice cream. They start walking out. Now it's obvious that the line is not a line. And then they get mad at me because are like, why the fuck didn't you tell me
1: I was standing in – not on the deadline. Like, yeah. What is this ride? Did you see they just raised the prices at Disney World? I was just playing you the Orlando did. Improv. Yeah. And and uh, I just looked. There was some ad where a family of four could go and uh, stay one of the Disneyland hotels. It's like w- thousands of dollars. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, how people
0: could... It's you know, robbery. It really is horrendous. <laughs> it's <laughs> awful. It's, well, it's, it's I mean, because you're not getting the experience. Like, whatever you're paying for. I mean, I guess it's you... People I think whatever they're gonna get uh,
2: out of it is For a thousand dollars for the princess it should blow me. Yeah, I <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I should have Snow White sure. and, and by the way, that would be an attraction. Me fucking Snow White Holy shit. A lot of people would pay to see that. I'd I paid more I have, than $1,000. Have
1: you ever been to Orlando? It's a horrible town on top of that. Because it's all, there's like five theme parks. Wait, is that like, that's
0: Disney World? Okay, Disney, I've been to Disney World. It's, is it? it's yeah. theme parks I mean, and
1: it's swamps. Because, you know, Disney went in there, they bought all the land, never told anybody what they were going to do. You know that story, right? And they got it. No. But, well, Orlando, whenever they opened it, what was it, 25, yeah. 30 years ago, whatever, uh, it was all swampland. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was nothing there, but if you broken down churches and horrible strip malls and pawn shops and that, you know, Florida's like that, basically. They have all these depressing strip malls where there's a pawn shop, a liquor store, and an adult bookstore. So it's like this, you, you can go in, you, you can pawn your stuff, you can jack off in the car, get some liquor, and then buy a gun and shoot yourself in the head. It's like, <laughs> it's like a one-stop suicide center. That's the entire Florida. Strip mall of, of gun stores, <laughs> pawn shops, liquor stores, and anyway, that's all it was. So Disney went in and said, they didn't say who they were, and they bought all the property up, and mm-hmm. then. And, of course, these landowners were pissed when they found out. Yeah. You know, so after Disney, then it's time to jump. But anyway, I'm staying in a hotel. I'm playing the Orlando Improv. <laughs> nice club. But right next to where I am, it's helicopter rides. And I, I don't want to go in a helicopter. The guy comes to my show and goes, Bobby, I'm in a helicopter ride. This is also a fortune. It's like you know, $100 a person for an hour. And you, you get in a helicopter. And to see swamps, theme parks. <sighs> More swamps, mini mall. What are they building over there? Another theme park, another swamp, another mm-hmm. bridge. And this is what you're paying for to look at this shit. If you don't actually want to go to this shit, <laughs> you look at it from up in the sky to well, see what you can see. Which stuff. is
0: somehow, yes, more magical.
1: Yeah. Okay, Let's get back to me.
2: you uh, <laughs> are way off track. Yeah, with exactly. Anyway. Yeah, when, yeah, yeah. When, when did <laughs> you decide? Uh, when did you decide to move from? You said, you said you were born in New York. Yeah. And then did, did did you make that move to Los Angeles to pursue comedy? No,
1: you know what? I, yeah, no, no. You know what I did? It's interesting because there's a chapter in my book called Go. West young man, that's original. I when I was a teenager, you know, I always wanted to go to California because in the late sixties. I'd always heard about San Francisco. You know, it was uh, you know the Grateful Dead, the Hate Ashbury, sure. and you know by 1969, when I was 14 years old, started smoking dope, and then Easy Rider came out around mm-hmm. that time. Dennis Hopper movie, best yeah. movie, yeah. And Peter Fonda, and they're driving across Captain America. And, you know, they're driving across America. And they're selling dope, and they finance their trip on motorcycles. I'm a Jew. I wanted to go by car. <laughs> Cause, yeah, cause <laughs> Air conditioning gets yeah, yeah, a little better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's two yeah, things yeah. that it's kill not Jews. Not very mo- safe on the motorcycle. Mo- motorcycles and Nazis. These are these <laughs> Jews like to stay. You know, away from it. <laughs> So I, I always wanted to go to California. And then when I, you know my my friends were little and they went to Hollywood and they you know they saw Mickey Rooney's house and then they went to Disneyland. I'm going, I gotta, I gotta get out to, to California. So I, when I was 20, 20, I drove cross country with a lunatic friend of mine. Had no, never even thought about doing standup comedy. You got to remember back then. You know, like 1975, I'd seen plenty of stand-up comics on, you know, the Johnny Carson show and it's Sullivan and Ralph Griffin. I had seen Leno, but I'd seen the old guys, you know, Alan King and, you know, Shecky Green and even oh, David Sh- Brenner. Shecky Green, and, oh, I my mean, God. There were a lot of great comics. But, yeah. you, know, I, you know, I think Billy Crystal and Robert Klein were starting to do it when I, you know, when I was a kid and George Carlin, but never thought about doing it, you know. never. Because a lot of guys, you two probably also maybe thought, hey, I want to be a comic when I grow up. Anyway, I went out to L.A., and uh, it was horrible, yeah, it was, you know. I love LA. I love it. I hate that song, but I hate LA. Yeah, it's um, not—it's
0: not what you think it's going to be as soon as you get here. Was, what did you think it was going to be?
1: You know, you know, if you go to the beach and you go to Malibu, it's what you think it's going to be, mm-hmm. and you go to Hollywood Boulevard back then. Even it was kind of sleazy and disappointing. You could see there were remnants of what it was before they rebuilt the Capitan Theater and they yeah. before they fixed the whole place up. You know, it was pretty depressing, but but. Driving up the coast was magnificent. I mean, if you guys were drive up between yeah. LA and San Francisco, oh, yeah. Sure. When I got when I get to San Francisco, the hippie thing was ending. The gay thing was was kind of starting. It was a gay hippie kind of transition <laughs> phase. Same yeah. gay, same
0: clothes. I think gay yeah. hippies playing at the yeah. Troubadour, actually. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh,
1: but it was uh, it was a great uh, it was a great town. And 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 then when I was twenty one, somebody said to me, "You ever try to do stand up comedy?" I said, No. And there was a club called the Holy City Zoo, and I went in. And I said, I should try this. I was a bike messenger downtown, 21 years old, and wow. I put together five minutes. And being a bike messenger in San Francisco was not an easy job because no, there's a lot the hills. of hills. Yeah, there's yeah. the hills there. Yeah. And I was making minimum wage, and I just decided I'm going to try to stand up comedy. And, and I still have the tape, I still oh, have the shit. audio tape, it's wow. a cassette. I have it somewhere, which I can probably never play anyway because I don't know anybody who has a cassette player. Um, I actually got my My
0: First Sony if you want to borrow it. Yeah, really? I don't think
1: I want to hear this set again. Um, I what was it?
0: What was the? Do you remember like the first like some of the? Yeah,
1: it was pretty bad. But um, yeah, but uh, you know, I look what I was doing after five years, now it's pretty bad too. I mean, it's worse than what you're doing now. That's a better one. Bad but, at it. But you, but, but like, Man. what
0: do you remember? Like what, like what world were you writing from? Like what was?
1: I was talking about stuff like uh, I remember I having a joke about. Uh, about Frankenstein, about how they brought a Frankenstein. And, uh, you know, in the castle, he blew up the castle at the end. And the monster goes, we belong dead. And he pulls the switch to blow up the castle. I go, who builds homes like this anymore? On, off, blow up castle. <laughs> is, that, is there a switch next to the... I was actually kind of funny. Yeah, yeah but, I like that. But, but, but I was... The, if you're a good comic, you can make the premise funny. But I wasn't sure. a good comic. As you know, if I... Took Jerry Seinfeld's act. who's one of the greatest comics I've ever seen. But mm-hmm. if you took his act and you put it on paper and you read it, you'd probably say, you "After stuff, it's not that funny." Mm-hmm. You know, even Jay Leno, who's a joke machine, it's attitude, it's delivery, yeah. it's the whole thing. I'm telling you, I don't have to tell yeah. you.
0: Do you think that's consistent with everybody?
1: Um, well, no, because, you look at a guy like Rodney Dangerfield. His jokes are just great. Right. His deliverance and cadence and look made him funnier. Yeah. I mean, I don't say all Seinfeld's material is like that, but it's, it's, it's no, my, totally a, lot, right. a lot of my stuff is pure attitude. It's not really, if you look at it on paper. That's why, and I'm sure this happened to both of you guys, there's nothing worse. Well, there's a lot of things worse, but <laughs> when, you, when you get a review and they liked you. Oh, this mm-hmm. guy Adam Ray is brilliant. a great comic. They quote one of your jokes and if someone's reading and go, this guy sucks because if they yeah, only take because yeah, they they're reading word, the joke. Right. Or they change a word. Right. Uh, you know, uh, there's a couple of writers that I know who've given me great reviews over the years and they'll quote one of my jokes and it's a great joke but if they change one word oh, It's just... And Seinfeld was how? a master that it just screws up the whole joke. It doesn't, how, how, how do people get away with doing that, by the way? They're like, not comics. They don't do it. They're, they're, yeah. I'm saying they like your act. They think you're really funny. Mm-hmm. but when they Or even it, if they
0: take an excerpt from something to try to use to, like, you know, say, he's great, like this little piece right here. Oh, cool, you took, like, one phrase or sentence from yeah. a whole uh, five-minute yeah. bit? I mean, yeah. Yeah. I
1: mean, I used to have this, one of my famous bits, you know, was uh, this Chinese waiter routine, and, uh, oh, which, you is know, great. it's great. Well, so I'm not going to sit and do the whole routine. Sure, sure. But, but somebody told me over the years, you ever hear Buddy Hackett's famous, he had a famous Chinese waiter routine. John Panetta's a famous Chinese waiter routine. Mm-hmm. But the bit was basically about how Chinese waiters just agree with everything you say. You know, is it spicy pork? Oh, yeah, okay, my friend, yeah, spicy, yeah. Yeah, and they just—that's all they ever do. You know, they just—you uh, you know, your head's on fire. Yeah, head on fire. Okay, my friend. They go. <laughs> oh, are there crayons in this? Yeah, you have crayon. Everything. So I remember a writer quoting this: "Are there crayons in it?" Yes, yes, there are crayons in it. And what that doesn't mean
2: <laughs> without the Chinese voice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And 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 even if you say. Now, insert Chinese voice here. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, uh, for the Montreal Comedy Festival, they're, they're having me write out my entire set oh. for the HBO thing. Oh, you're doing HBO thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're ha- like, in the, and you write out every word, and I'm reading my act back going, I'm not very fucking funny. No, you know what? I, <laughs> I did that last year for them. Yeah. And I
1: just, I don't do a lot of those shows because I don't like working in that five-minute constraint where, you know, once you're opening joke, open, open. the last time I did it was like Jimmy Fallon's show last year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I wrote down the material, and, you know, uh, who was the guy? I forgot who was the uh, guy that was uh, the, the segment producer. But he was smart enough that he worked with enough comics where he got it. Right. And I said, let me just call you up. And we'll go over it together. Sure. And he said, I don't need to. I get it. But mm-hmm. I'm reading it. I'm going, this just doesn't look funny because, <laughs> you know, unless you do the voice. And you see yeah, the, the
2: inflection, the, the, bo- the, the body movements, yeah. everything. So all, yeah. all, all that comes everything. together.
1: That's why I don't understand how people, and they, I'm not saying they can't do it, but mm-hmm. – um, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I guess you, we've all learned to become better comics, and and I've learned to become a better comic on my own. You know, it's like playing guitar or karate. People can teach you, and yep. then you got to practice. Yep, right. but I wonder how much people can teach you, and there's guys that give classes, mm-hmm. and people have told me they've taken classes and they've gotten better from the classes. But I wonder how much you can actually learn from that if you don't have it, you know, inside you to do stand up.
2: I, I I think one of the things that the classes do is they force. You to get up on stage and do it. I mean, that, I mean that's yeah, no, that's, it, ha- that's half the thing is just is, doing that it. That is half the thing, yeah. and
1: you do want to hear the criticism, sure. Because you know, you the one thing I can never do. And be like, do you ever stand in front of a mirror and do it? No, it's like no. acting. No, no, stand in <laughs> front of a mirror. Now, to me, that would be the last thing. I
2: I'd rather stand up in the mirror and jerk off right. than do my act right, like, right. in the damn mirror. But
1: it, I don't see where that would help you because you're just looking at you. And that's right. not what you're going to see when you're on stage. There's
2: no reaction to that. Right.
1: I'll tell you what I did learn more than I tell young comics. The only thing that I really, the biggest thing that ever helped me was after I've been doing stand-up for a couple of years, I did my first TV show. And uh, when I saw myself on TV, I saw how bad I was. Hunched over and talking too fast and watching yourself. You talking too fast? Faster than I, <laughs> yeah,
2: I can't. I, I can't I, believe that. No, that's
1: how people say that once in a while, yes. <laughs> But I, I, mean, I used to really talk. Fast and holy crap! uh, Like the damn microphone. Early on, because
0: because you were just trying to get to the joke. I mean, I talked really fast when I first started. and I think a lot of it was nervousness and being like, I just want to get to the funny part. But then, and you know, and also being uncomfortable with silence and not uh, understanding the power of pausing. And
1: yeah, I'm very uncomfortable with silence. (laughs) I'm very uncomfortable right now. Now. Would five I'm seconds of silence freaking, just destroy you right now? Out. No, you know, you know you know, what it is? <laughs> is that when I started out, I had to talk over all these bands, and I was the right. MC and only had five oh, minutes. Oh, shit, there it is. That's... And there was being an MC, the cocaine didn't help, the nerves, the whole, it was a whole package deal, you know? And now I, I but I just naturally talk so fast that I just, I think I'm, I think I'm just, uh, it's just me.
2: When, when was, w- was there a moment that you could look back and say this was the break or the thing that yeah. made, that made you go from, uh, this is just kind of a hobby to, holy shit, I'm actually doing this. I'm a, I'm a comedian.
1: You know what? I think that the time you say I'm really a comedian is when you mm-hmm. don't have a day job, you know, yeah. when you don't, when you make it a living at it, Yeah. you know, I mean, uh, I mean, I shouldn't say that cause there's a lot of professional actors that have to wait tables to, put food on their own table and pay bills, and they're still professionals. But I, I, I think that I really felt that I was a comedian when I did not have to have a day job. I used to work at nightclubs. There was a nightclub called The Boarding House in San Francisco the first time I saw Robin. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it was really a thrill for me. It was, uh, I, I just started doing stand-up comedy. And David Johansson from the New York Dolls, who I loved with a passion, they were playing the David Johansson group. And Sandra Bernhardt was opening up for them. And I really wanted to open up for the Dave Johansson group. I just started doing stand-up. And they, uh, I watched them the first night, and Sandra kind of died. She didn't do well. Mm-hmm. And the next night, I come to work, and they said they just fired Sandra Bernard, or maybe she quit. I don't know. But they want you to go up and open up for the Dave Johansson oh, group. When I was a young comic, Oh <laughs> wow. So I ran home I lived mm-hmm. about five blocks away to get my props. Whoa. What? Oh, 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 oh,
2: not carrot. Bobby uh, Slayton, the prop comic. Not carrot prop. I can't go on without my water gun. Oh, here's, here's what I had. <laughs> Is that your carrot top impression? No, that was, uh, that was uh, Dom Herrera from Seinfeld. Oh, God. I, I can't go on without my water gun. Here's
1: what I had I had a cap pistol, and I remember <laughs> what that joke was for. Okay. But I had a giant fly taped to the inside of my jacket, oh my God. and I did a scene for the fly. Help me, help me! You know, for the fly. Remember, <laughs> right, right, right. Jim I, I don't remember that. There had to be something funnier there.
0: I don't, <laughs> I can't, I don't know. No, that sounds like it was it. It does sound like <laughs> yeah. it, and you might be
1: right. <laughs> yeah. But here was here was I, I had a, okay. I had a copy of a Leave It to Beaver TV guide, a real TV guide from the 1960s, and I opened up the TV guide, and I I don't remember what I said. So I, I had a joke about Leave It to Beaver. I had, it was when test tube babies first came out. And I had a test tube in my pocket. It was one of my big <laughs> jokes. This is why I needed my props. Okay. I said, you know, I couldn't find a babysitter tonight. I had to bring my kid. And I took it to test tube. <laughs> okay. And I said, <laughs> and as long as I brought the kid, I had to bring the twins. I had two test tubes taped together. <laughs> <laughs> Watch out, Carrot <Karen> Top. Look <laughs> out, Rip Taylor. We Move got on. this. Move Bobby Slayton's uh, on the way. Uh, yeah, yeah. But my big ending, and I don't know why I did this, because nobody could see it, but it killed all the time. I talked about how, you know, stamps, this is right when they started putting people on stamps. You know, mm-hmm. it was always presidents. Yeah. Or, or, you know, the, the Lincoln Memorial. President, Who was the first one they Davey put on? Wasn't in, like, like, uh, the first person they put on a stamp that wasn't a It was a like an entertainment figure. Oh, God, I remember Might have
0: been that. Elvis. Elvis.
1: No, Sounds no, way right. before that. They, they had all poets on, and they had all kind of doctors Martin Luther on. King. Okay, yeah, they had Martin Luther King, but they now they have you know all, all kinds of people. Bad, dead yeah, They have Darius players. Rucker from Hootie and the Blowfish. That's <laughs> like, not really. A... You have to be dead. Yeah. <laughs> Why they don't do some serial killers? I don't know. I'd love to see. Son is well, Son is still on. Night Stalker, Manson, you can't have. He's still alive. But they should make an exception. They should. Be <laughs> or, yeah, Hitler, Mussolini. But anyway, <laughs> Uh, I told you about stamps, it would put anybody out a stamp. And I pulled out a stamp, I still have it. And it said, America celebrates discovery of the PAP test. And it was a 15 cent stamp. That's how much stamps, letters cost to mail in those days. The PAP test, you know, there was the doctor, whoever discovered the vaccine right. with a microscope. And I said, pap test stamp i couldn't bring myself to lick this and put it on an envelope that one. good night ladies and gentlemen wow. if you thought i could top the, the test tubes i did it right there
0: and would you open the jacket with the fly
2: one more time as you walking off stage <laughs> it, was,
1: it was oh, oh it's so embarrassing
2: here's how here's how much times have changed i i, I typed first celebrity on stamp into google right now just right. to try, just try right. to get it there's nothing but pictures of tramp stamps I just oh, like, just no, like no, to right. say nothing but tattoos and like. Stuff, stuff my like daughter's that.
1: Get, my daughter's got one of those. I probably her to get one when she was fifteen. <laughs> I get, I got this one.
2: Yeah. And she got her little tramp
1: stamp. She's now in a band. My daughter's gonna be big. Yeah, uh, I, I I saw I saw on the internet she's in the is she's in the Pussycat Dolls. Well, she was a Pussycat Doll. They just changed the name because okay. I think the Pussycat Doll, a franchise, was getting a little old. Mm-hmm. So the woman who did the Pussycat Dolls, Robin Anton, um, they're now called Girl GRL. But. They're managed by Britney Spears' manager. Oh, so, shit. That's good. You know, and this guy, Dr. Luke and Max Martin, I guess, are writing all the songs for all the pop stars. So they're, he, they're writing for the girls. So if you buy Britney Spears' new record, you get her song free. That's
2: awesome. Oh, wow. Well, now, now, you being in the entertainment industry, when your daughter comes to you and says, I want to be a singer, huh. d- what's, what's your reaction?
1: I'll tell you a funny story. This, yeah. is a, this is also in my book. This is a great story.
0: Yeah, where can people get your book, by the way?
1: not out yet. <laughs> perfect. Yeah, perfect advertiser, so Bobby. It. It's perfect. But I just like to tease people. Yeah, you got so to. That's great. great. When my daughter was nine, mm-hmm. I was on the Tom Arnold show on the WB Network. Okay. And it was Tom Arnold, I think Michael Rosenberg, who played Lex Luthor and Superman. It was Ed McMahon, who's been Johnny Carson's yeah. sidekick. Mm-hmm. It was a uh, pretty good cast. Uh, you know, Gene Simmons' wife, what's her name? The oh, H-
2: Shannon Tweed. Shannon Tweed. Yeah.
1: And uh, it was a really good cast. So we taped at Universal Studios, and every Friday when we taped the show, my daughter would come down, and she'd hang out backstage, and she became friends with the two little girls who were on the show. Mm-hmm. And my daughter said to me, Daddy, I really want to be an actress. And my wife didn't want to get her into it. No, you know? sure. And I said, you know what? Let's get her an agent. She's gonna, not going to get anything. She's a very talented little girl, but she'll get out of her system. If she gets something, fine. She has money for college and a car. She doesn't get anything, back to school. Right. Mm-hmm. So we got a really great agent. I brought my daughter to see these agents. And they said, Bobby, look, we're not going to bullshit you. We think your kid's really good. You know how many parents come to us? But we think your kid's going to make it. So three weeks later, she gets an animated series. Wow. Uh, three called, weeks? Yeah. With, Holy shit. Gonna, I've been trying gonna, for eight, eight years. years. <laughs> oh, my God. 15-episode uh, MGM series called Lionhearts, where Perry Gilpin is her mother and William Macy is her father. It's about a family of lions. Okay. So she gets Holy 15 crap. of those. Right. Okay. It's 15 of those. A couple of weeks later, she auditions for a new ABC sitcom called Brothers Keeper. And they bring her in. I know you guys have read for stuff before. Yeah. Yeah. You know what it's like. It's horrible. Yeah. You know you go in. Then they put you on tape. Then you go back for the casting director. Then you go up for the producer. The producer, the director. Then they come back to the network. And they can bring you back four or five times. My, yeah. do- my daughter went in seven times. Seven times because she never acted before. And it was a major ABC series. Okay. So she gets the part. And uh, here's the great part. Not only did she get the part of the ABC series, uh, guaranteed nine episodes out of 12, 13, whatever they do now, the Tom Arnold show goes off the air a few weeks later. Her show goes on to the same set at Universal Studios as wow. the Tom Arnold show. But since I was only a recurring character at the Tom Arnold show, my dressing room was one of those little bathrooms with yeah. a door out mm-hmm. in the parking lot with the cleaning supplies. Right. My daughter right next to the set has oh, a Jesus. giant dressing room with a bedroom, oh, a television a shower, and a goddamn parking space. She's not She's parking She just parks her Razor scooter yeah. right there. Yeah, Natasha's Slayton parking space. So, oh, yeah, my God. And I, it was great. And I, I, it's know, great,
0: right? Yeah, you're not...
1: No, no, I was thrilled uh, to death. And it, yeah. they loved her on the set. And the directors and producers, Bobby, how long has your daughter been acting? I go, a couple of weeks. She'd never done anything before. Uh, it's really, she was really, really terrific. But what was great for me is every Friday when they taped the show, if I could, I would go to the taping if I wasn't on the road. And after the dress rehearsal and dinner, she'd have an hour off. So we'd take a walk through Universal Studios because mm-hmm. all the, the tram rides had stopped, the tours had stopped. We'd take a ride. We'd go over to the Norman Bates House. To be oh, sit psycho, on the Psycho yeah. steps above the Bates Motel mm-hmm. eating ice cream and going over her lines. And then if security kicked us out, we'd walk down to Transylvania to the Frankenstein. Yeah. You know, this little fountain. Yeah. yeah. I said to my kid, you know, someday you're going to appreciate this. She's goes, no, I love it now. And I to think about a video camera. I said, that's what they did, from the Black Lagoon, Mikhail's Navy. So it awesome. It was great. It wow. was great. And that,
0: wow. And now look at her now, right?
1: That was pretty cool. Now she's a, like her mother. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Call back. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> if, 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 if you guys listening have never seen Bobby Slayton live, there's a reason why they call him the Pitbull of comedy. Because you are just relentless. Yeah, and you're it, unreal, it, man. It never stops. And if, if if you didn't like whatever joke you just said, wait fifteen seconds. There's another joke coming. Well, it's, you know, it's, that's it's crazy. Why, that's
1: why you're gonna love Montreal because the the nasty show is, mm-hmm. a show. and by the way, every comic thinks you got to be really dirty. It's not about being dirty, or being blue. It's just about saying whatever you want to say, from right. the N word to the F word to dis- anything, as long as it's funny. And mm-hmm. it's more to me not the dirty show. Why are you doing the dirty show this year? To me, it's more it's it's freedom to you know because. As you know, the podcast, was great about it, you do radio now. Everybody's so uptight from Paula Dean to the president leaving his mic on. To, hey, that's a homophobic slur. And he said right. the F word, use the N word. Mm-hmm. Up there, you do whatever you want. And if and then, you know, your excuse is, hey, you don't like that word? It's the nasty show. Go see the relationship show. Go see that idiot, Adam Ray. And, <laughs> <laughs> play playing basketball show. <laughs> Talking about his new movie because he has no act show. In, you know? I don't know what you're doing. I don't know, I don't that's it. See, no, that's, a show. See, that's I'm the show. That's right, the pit bull. That's the show. I even attacked my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's saying me a bomb.
2: Uh Can 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 our, can, our, can our listeners find you on Twitter? or your yeah, Twitter a, web, pit, website?
1: Pitbull bull comedy. Nobody cares. I, every time I say something, I get four more four more followers, I lose four more. You know, I, I try so, but I'm trying to build it up now because I'm. I, I have my book coming out soon, and I you want, got to. Yeah. But but yeah. again, you will love Montreal. What's really tough though is I've done it so many times. Every year I got to come up with new stuff and. It's really, I, I, I have to set a bar for myself. You can do whatever you want, I'll love you. Mm. I mean, it's just great. I mean, and the fact that we're playing a theater, and it's, it's 500 people to show, and they're just there to laugh and have a great time. It's they, the
0: best show in the festival, yeah.
1: You know what? There's a lot of great shows. Now now, now they've set the bar really high, but it's the con- most consistent show yeah. in the festival. it's awesome. Because, you know, every, but you know what's funny? I've been doing it for over 20 years, and usually, not usually, but sometimes, there's just one guy or one gal, it just doesn't cut it, you know. It won't be you. <laughs> as you're, as, as It's not going to Brad. I don't know
0: if you know, but this motherfucker has a dance. <laughs> also, you just running out on stage is going to make people go, yeah, you know?
1: I, go to, I, 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 I didn't say that to, to me. You know? No, I know, man. It's just a comment that, I said, where did you see this guy? But everybody's just good. I mean, Lisa Lampanelli got a standing ovation. Unfortunately, your friend Carlos Mencia got a standing ovation. <laughs> um, but then again, he was doing everybody else's stuff. But then, yeah, you know. Yeah, <laughs> we're, got, we're, I had to say that. It's uh, okay. No, Carlos, a great performer. Yeah. Good but... God bless him. <laughs> uh,
2: Bob, Bobby Slayton, uh, he's going to be live on stage with me at the Montreal yes. Comedy Festival July 16th through the, I think the 28th. We're going to be there. Yeah. It's nuts. So, uh, also, I mean, you know. Yeah, uh, we have to go should. to
1: Moish's Steakhouse for the best one of the best steaks I've ever had in my life.
2: I will go there with you. I will sit and enjoy my steak and not say a word the entire dinner. No, actually,
1: <laughs> actually when I was sitting there, I, I you know what? When, when I'm not working or performing or on a podcast, yeah. I don't talk much. Okay, and I, I'm very <laughs> quiet. Okay, uh,
0: we'll see.
2: Well, uh, Adam, pl- uh, you plug, well, you plug, you got, your stuff.
0: You, you got all these tour dates on here, Bob. You want to plug any of these? What, uh, go what on your website? You got like your phone calendar is from top to bottom.
1: It's filled. Just go to com. I'm working more than I ever have, making a, a third of the money. It's
0: awesome.
2: That's <laughs> <laughs> perfect. It's a great yeah, time.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, Adam Ray, plug your stuff. At Adam Ray Comedy uh, for Twitter. Uh, go see the heat. AdamRayTV.com. We'll be at the Parlor Live uh, next weekend, the Punchline San Fran, and uh, in Montreal with these guys. Maybe going to steak dinners. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, 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 well, yeah we'll for sure. Uh, Brad, see the Heat. Yeah, Br- the, the movie The Heat, which made $40 million in its opening weekend. Congratulations, Thank Adam man. Ray. Uh, BradWilliamsComedy.com. Go, follow me on Twitter at FunnyBrad. Uh, later in July, I'll, like we said, I'll be at the Montreal Comedy Festival. Uh, August 2nd to the 3rd at Hyenas in Fort Worth, Texas. August 8th to the 11th at The Improv in Kansas City, Missouri. Bobby, for Bobby Slayton. Adam Ray I'm Brad Williams please try to remember our names in the morning
1: if you like listening to comedy try watching it on the internet the folks behind the Sideshow Network have launched a new YouTube channel called Wait For It
0: it's got interviews with comedians like Reggie Watts Todd Glass Liza Schleichinger